Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Shotgun in my hands Behind the gun I'll make my final stand Yeah And that's why they call me Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, your home for Montreal Canadiens news, information, and entertainment. Hosted by Matt Smith and the hockey writers Blaine Putvang and Treg Toxic Wilson. Our goal is to provide you unfiltered hockey discussion, entertainment, and sometimes bad life advice. Are you in the market for quality sticks and equipment you can afford? There is a no-frills, no-nonsense company that wants to provide that to you, No Name Hockey. No Name Hockey is a small Canadian company started by former pro player Jason Goulet. When he retired, he searched for sticks that felt like when he was a pro but could never find the right one or one that was reasonably priced. So he decided to start No Name Hockey. Now No Name offers high-quality, customized sticks at a fair price. They won't try to wow you with a fancy name. They will focus on providing you a pro-stock quality stick that you can afford. The cost of sticks has gone through the roof due to sponsorships and licensing fees. No Name Hockey makes sticks for the No Names and players currently making a name. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered. A special episode. Both Matt and Traeger here, but more importantly, we have someone worthwhile to talk to. Lyle Richardson of Spectres Hockey is with us. Welcome to the show, Lyle. Thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> this, this is the first time I think we've done it face-to-face. That yeah, sounds the, naughty, doesn't it? The first time we've done it face-to-face. No, but the last couple of times, we, I think <laughs> it was on the show twice before, and we just kind of did it over the phone. So Yeah. COVID restrictions, though, say you shouldn't do it face-to-face, so just throwing that out there. We, we won't talk about glory holes at all, no. <laughs> this show is the Habs-related version of a glory hole. <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah. 
We've made it less than an less than a minute into the show, and we've already <laughs> mentioned glory holes. This is going to be a good one, folks. I'm going to blame the guest for that. Sorry, my bad, Matt. My bad. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you can't bring on three sailors and an airman and think it's going to stay normal. True. That that is true. Good thing we have you and your beard here, Matt, to keep us classy. Yeah. It's so, the only reason I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> So we're lucky to have the chief of rumors in Lyle. Get it? Chief? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Closest I ever came to that rank. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <clears throat> so uh, we may as well just jump right in, get started. Um, Matt, why don't, you, why don't you give us a go? You weren't here last week, so, you know, regale us with beard talk. All right, well, may as well jump right into the, the big news of uh, the Canadian signing Joel Edmonston. Big, because yeah. he's big. Because he's a big guy, yeah. Uh, Four-year contract, uh, $3.5 million per. So same contract as what was given to uh, uh, Ben Chirot. Actually, get a three-year contract. But same money. They're a similar type of player. They're both big. They both, you know, hit you through the boards, et cetera. And um, like the Allen acquisition, I believe it's uh, there are two moves to protect Carey Price. Without a doubt. Uh, I like the acquisition because he made a trade with Carolina and everyone said Carolina would never speak to Bergevin again. So um, you got to remember in the, in the world of NHL general managers to quote the great line from the Godfather. It's not personal, strictly business. I mean, offer sheets are part of the rules and it's something you can do and if some gm takes that personal like i believe was it paul holmgren got really got mad about the no that was uh brian burke when, brian burke uh, when kevin was the Dustin Patter. yeah where, where yeah. he challenged him to a burn fight which <laughs> i never knew was such a thing until brian burke i think brian burke just invented that <laughs> Brian Burke like burn dances. I think he wanted to say, you know, trying like a version of a burn dance, and it came with a burn fight, and well, off they went. I'd pay good money to see Bergevin fight like Kyle Dubas or something. Oh, burn. oh he mopped the floor with that kid. Are you kidding Absolutely. me? Absolutely. Oh. Seen the pipes on Bergy? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what kind of a pay per view uh, could we possibly get with that? I mean, Not that much. would be the main event. Most people wouldn't be in for a squash match like that, you know, so <laughs> you got to make like, it somebody. Yeah. It would be like a nineties Mike Tyson fight. You're yeah, going to pay yeah. all that, pay all that now, money to watch it. And it's going to be like two minutes long. <laughs> no, no, here's no, here's what it is. Bergevin, Dubas, but Dubas is like the Jimmy Hart manager running around outside the ring because the fighter is going to be Brendan Shanahan. Ah, there you go. That's pay-per-view. That's, That's pay-per-view pay money right yeah. there. Yeah. We make it a cage match. Oh, yeah. Hell in a yeah. cell. Hell in a cell. That's all it can be. Hell I'll put my hot rod shirt on and be the referee. Shout out to all our <laughs> WWE fans that are uh, listening, by the way. <laughs> not, that any, not that any of us are WWE fans on this show at all, right, guys? No. No. I'm, an, I'm a uh, Legends uh, 80s, 90s. And attitude area WWE fan, but I can't. I don't even know who who's on it now. I couldn't tell you. 
I, I, I pay kind of attention to it lately, but, uh, you know, yeah, I'm kind of with you in that era. So like eighties, nineties, the attitude area, the early, the early aughts up, up until about all oh, the last seven or eight years, the wrestlers are great. Uh, but they're lacking personality. They're lacking charisma. That's, anytime, that's anytime I put on WWE, I just find it's, it's too much of a show now. Not, not enough actual real like back in the day you had the piper's pit they did their little blah 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 and then they just went out and fought now it's too much blah 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 <laughs> to me it's too much of a show i don't know well when when the iron sheik's twitter account is more entertaining that's a problem <laughs> that's a good movie if you ever watch his documentary it's a pretty good I one did. i did yeah. yeah yeah he had a life of ups and downs that's for sure he certainly did he's an olympic champion by the way Yes, an actual genuine Olympic champion, yeah. and was a, one of the Shah's bodyguards too. That's right. Yeah. But but to bring us back to, to yes. hockey, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, Can you it, tell we're thrilled about the Joel Edmondson <laughs> acquisition? I mean, I, I kind of I like the deal. I I, I like Edmondson. Um, to me, it gives Mete less ice time, so that makes me happy. Um, I I wasn't too happy with the four years but it was brought to one thing that i keep in mind i think he's would be uh i think with the expansion draft coming out he would be a good pick for an expansion team to pick on their defense and uh i think maybe that has some cards in there in play um but he's only was he 27 27 yeah. so yeah. four years i guess down to the at 27 years i guess four years not too bad um I get confused that the analytics guys hate Joel Ed Edmondson. They they absolutely hate him. Well, they also loved, uh, you know, Devontae Smith-Pelly and uh, Alexander Nikita Seven. Sh yeah, yeah, Alexander Seven. Seven. Yeah, Seven was the poster child for, uh, for, for analytics. And by the way, I'm not dumping on analytics. No, As I said, no, no. it has its place. It's, it's, it's a key part of the toolbox, but it's not the toolbox. Um, I, I definitely understand, you know, yes, it's fair to bring up that, okay, as far as analytics go, he's, you know, Edmondson's not that good, but you look at the other things that he brings to the game, big guy, physical, he hits, fights, anybody tries to take liberties with Carey Price is going to be eating a stick. Um, you know, he, he did play second pairing minutes this season with the Hurricanes before they acquired Brady Shea. So, I mean, if you needed to put him into that role, I, I would feel more comfortable with him in, in a third pairing role, but it sounds like he's going to be second pairing to start. But the other thing to consider, too, is this could be a Claude Julian guy, okay? Because Claude Julian likes those big physical guys, you know, who play, who play with snarl. But he can also skate pretty well, too. That was the problem when they got Carl Alsner, was yeah. he had lost a considerable step. Um because the league was getting faster, but Edmondson's proven that he can, you know, yeah, he can keep up. He can, uh, you know, he can plaster the, uh, the speedy guys if he has to, but he's also has a championship pedigree as well, winning a Stanley cup with St. Louis that year. So that's important. So there's a lot of different intangibles there. And I think uh, under Julian, maybe we will see him become perhaps even more defensively responsible, maybe a little less uh, penalty prone. If that, if I can use that phrase and uh yeah, I mean, it's it's a signing I don't hate either. I mean, I'm with you, Treg. I think that uh, four years is a little long, but you can live with it for 3.5 mil. 
You can live yeah. with that. And he lacks no, no movement clause. So if it doesn't work out, if you want to leave him unprotected, next year's expansion draft, he can. So as you said, a lot of different things there. How I don't much think, the, oh, go ahead, Blake. Yeah. So how much uh, of an impact do you think it is the fact that they're going out and they're getting these big defensemen because it's easier than going to get big forwards? Do you think that they're trying to offset that lack of size, that lack of snarl in their, their, uh, their lineup just by going to get big defensemen? Well, I mean, I mean, there was kind of a that that bit of a lack of a physical edge there. I mean, you know, you had Man Mountain back there, obviously, but you don't want him uh, wasting his time, you know, um, basically you know, extracting a pound of flesh from guys who dare to take a to take a cheap shot at Carey Price or whatever. So, you know, you want to have an extra guy in there to take care of that for you, but at the same time, can you know log regular minutes? He's not just going to be some goon you're going to throw out there for a couple of minutes a night. Um, as far as up front goes, you know, if you can get a scorer with size, that'd be fantastic. Um, if you could get a winger like Taylor Hall, pretty decent size there, uh, that would be great. But I think we all know that's way out of the price range. And besides, given the fact that, uh, you know, Bergevin has 11 draft picks now at his disposal, I think we all know what he's doing with them. Um, other than the first round pick, I think all the other ones are pretty much uh, on the table if people want to swing a deal. So I think that's where he's going to go. I think he's going to look at uh, targeting the, the cap strap teams to see if he can uh, shake free a, a decent scoring forward, uh, scoring forward, probably a winger, because of course we all know that uh, they're going to be looking at Suzuki and uh, Kotkaniemi, you know, I think moving up. And I think even if, even if one of those guys stays in the third pairing, which, which we're on the third line, which would be Kotkaniemi, because uh, you could then keep Dano on that second, uh, that second line if you want. Uh, but yeah, definitely. I think a big scoring winger, somebody who could be a little physical too. Yeah. I think if he could get that, he, he would jump all over that. Do you think uh, by using these picks to pick up these guys, do you think he overpaid for people like uh, Edmondson in and Allen? Cause that's, that's been going around on Twitter that some people have been saying he overpaid. Really? <laughs> yeah. These are uninformed, uneducated people then. I mean, I'm sorry, but yeah. how can you not be thrilled with the acquisition of Jake Allen? I was thrilled when I saw that. It was like, ding, ding, ding. Finally, the bell has rung. They understand. Yeah, a well-rested carry price is an effective carry price. He's not 25 anymore. You can't play him into the ground, you know, for an entire season. The guy needs a rest. He needs a break. And if he gets hurt, you want to make sure you've got a capable backup there. So that was definitely worth, worth it to get Jake Allen. Absolutely. And, you know, it if he doesn't work out, it's only for a year. And but quite frankly, I don't think that's overpaying. I think it's going to work out well. He gave up a fifth-round pick for Edmondson. A fifth-round pick. When did I miss the point that a fifth-round pick was suddenly magical gold that you cannot part with under any circumstance? To get yourself a guy who was played second-pairing minutes with the Hurricanes last year, who has, who has played, been in this league a few years, Played, you know, long regular minutes on a Stanley Cup champion last season. Damn, a fifth round pick? That's pretty good. Yeah, so there's actually people saying that. I think what the argument, to play there devil's advocate here. Go ahead. I think what the argument was, <laughs> you, may, you wasted a fifth round pick on a guy who's going to be a UFA anyway. Why didn't you just wait for the UFA and then go sign him? Because you didn't know, you know the response to this. Right? I know the answer. You know I'm what I'm about to say. I'll say it. It's because yeah. that way you got his exclusive rights, okay? If he hits the market, there's no guarantee you're going to get him. Because now you're going to be bidding with other player, or other teams to try and get him. 
Okay, this way you have a he had what 13 picks, 14 picks before this this offseason began. Okay, he's given up. He gave up two to get Jake Allen. He gave up one to get Joel Edmondson. Come on. <laughs> That's not overpay. Overpaying would have been if he gave him a, gave up a second round pick. Overpaying, if he had given up a first round pick, fire him. But a fifth round pick? Come on, man. When you when you and you still have eleven picks, including three in the second round, come on, that's that's ridiculous. Overpaying is giving someone like Alsner a five year deal at four and a half. Ding ding. Yep. Or, or trading a first round pick to Carolina for Patrick Marleau's contract. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. We but hang that gets, on the boy genius. Yeah. But then he gets it back. For, I I don't understand why Rutherford traded the first round pick for for. Uh, Kapanen? Kapanen. I, I do. I, I don't well, – well, because he figures he'll play with Crosby, a 30-goal scorer. That's what he figures. Well, he's also a young – still a young player. He's 23. Yeah. He's been I, in the I, league a few years. You know? I mean, I if know. he doesn't – not high if, on Kapanen, I guess. Hey, listen, if he doesn't pan out on Crosby's line, you can stick him down on uh, Malkin's line, or he goes on the third pairing. He's still going to – he's still got – he's still a guy who can get you 20 goals a year. That ain't nothing. Okay, and he's got great wheels. And let's be honest, the reason why, if you know, as I'm sure you saw in the series against Montreal, Penguins looked a little slow there. So, yeah, you know, they wanted to get some guys in with wheels, and they're not done. You know, Rutherford's not done. So, you know, he looked at where he was sitting in the draft with that pick and figured, look, here's a kid that's NHL ready. He's 22, 23. He's got at least seven to, to ten good years left in him. He's worth it. He's worth it. Well, I mean, that first-round pick, maybe they would have been lucky and gotten a player who can score 20 goals and keep up. So, but when, you, yeah, when do you get that? Yeah, when do you get that player? You draft him. You're probably going to have to wait three years before he's NHL ready, and then he needs a year or two under his belt before he finally hits that. By that point, Crosby's retired. You know, so yeah, yeah. This this is the whole point here. Is you want to get guys in there? They they're trying to build up improve that supporting cast look Crosby and Malkin even though they're in their mid-30s god it's hard to believe that Sid's in mid-30s approaching mid-30s but the point being these guys are still terrific players but you can't expect them to, to put the team on their back the whole way like they did two three four five ten years ago so you've got to try and improve that supporting cast a bit and bringing in Kapanen that was the whole point of that was you know that's part of it and as I said Rutherford's not done you know, I mean, he's got Matt Murray that we know he's shopping him and we know he's going to be traded. He's not giving up Tristan Jerry. And, you know, yeah, if he can get a decent player or failing that, a first round pick, you know, apparently that was the asking price with uh, a week ago. The rumor was that, uh, yeah, Edmonton and uh, the Penguins had talked. The talk was about Murray, but, uh, you know, Rutherford wanted a first round pick and the Oilers bought. Now, how much truth there is to that, I don't know, because I think what we're looking at here is Rutherford is looking at building right now. He's building for right now. So that's where I think, mm, first round pick, mm, maybe not. Yeah. There was, a, there was also a rumor that Rutherford was, uh, was trying to get Domi. Is there any legs to that, or have you heard anything on that? <laughs> no, that, that came about because uh, a couple of pundits, and one of them was Elliot Friedman, who I, I respect, but he, he did not say that Rutherford was chasing Domi. He just brought up the Domi's ties to co-owner Mario Lumia because, of course, his dad and Mario were tight. They're 
good friends, always have been, blah, blah, blah. So there was the, the, you know, the Domi connection with, uh, with Mario. But not once did I hear anybody actually say Rutherford is trying to get Domi or that they've talked or anything like that. I don't think there's any legs to that at all. Now I could wake up tomorrow morning and discover, surprise, Domi's been traded to Pittsburgh. But everything I've seen and heard so far, there's, you know, it was, it was just, that was just a bit of speculation, but no actual, yeah, these guys are talking or yeah, there's a possibility he could go there. Didn't uh, Rutherford inquire about him when he was in Arizona though? I think so. I think he did. But I think that's I think for the start of it kind of came. Yeah. I think I think the ship's kind of sailed on that one now. I think he's he's looking at other in other places. And right now, yeah, we don't know what's going on with Domi. We hear that he could be traded. A lot of that is is media chatter. I, you know, a lot of it I think is also wishful thinking from some in the media, especially the Montreal media, because they turned on him like a snake this season. So you know, but. But, you know, you, you hear Bergevin uh, talking diplomatically about him, what a good kid he is, and he knows what he has to do, he accepts his role, he's good in the room, blah, blah, blah. We'll see. We'll see. But if, but if he accepts his role, I just find it odd that they're, they're also touting him as a center, and he's best as a center, yet there's no place for him on Montreal as a center. Yeah. So why not put him back over onto the wing? Well, that's, that's where- why I'm kind of – confused by all this center talk because wouldn't Montreal want to sign him as a winger instead of a center so the talk all about him being a center to me sounds like posturing for to me it sounds like posturing for a trade or that to to because if they're going to trade him they want to trade him as a center because his value will be higher but if they want to sign him they want to sign him as a winger because his value will be lower so it's just the talk is kind of confusing. Like, I understand what you're saying. They're saying he knows his role. He'll play his role. And I honestly think if Domi resigns, he's resigning as a winger. I, I honestly truly believe that because he won't get top six minutes if he doesn't. So, And but honestly, I don't think he's suited as a center. I've never thought that. I always thought he was better off on left wing. Always felt that. But, totally agree. <laughs> yeah. I mean <laughs> – I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Bergevin spent the last three years trying to turn wingers into centers and epic fail on both counts. You know, Jonathan Drew, and that was an epic fail. And, you know, uh, with Domi, well, yeah, he can play center. Just because you can play center doesn't mean you should play center. (laughs) So, yeah, if if he wants to stay in Montreal, he's got to do it as a winger because, I mean, the writing is on the wall there. I mean, you know, between Suzuki, Kakemi, and Dano, there's your top three. Where's he? What's he going to do? Skate fourth line minutes again? No. Well, and that brings us to the big question that's been going around all these rumors flying that it's, is Domi staying or going? Is Deno staying or going? Which personally, I think you don't trade Deno when you have two rookie centers. That's, that's dumb. You hold on to him, but there is there is some rumors out there. I mean, you're you're the expert at it, so uh. well, it all seems well. That all seems to come about by kind of reading out of context what Deno said in his season-ending press. Exactly, because people seized on a couple of lines there where he was like, "No, I would not be happy being in a third-line role or being in a defensive role," even though he played it very well in the uh you know in the in the qualifying round and and in the first round against uh the flyers that's that was the role that he he got put into and he played it very well notice good soldier did it without complaints 
But, you know, yeah, you ask him, would he be prepared to, to do that role? Is that the role he sees himself doing going forward? Well, no, of course not. That's not what he would, that's not what he would want to do. But immediately, uh, Bundance just seized on it and said, aha, aha, he's unhappy. He's unhappy. If he doesn't get tapping, he's going to go. Oh, my Lord. Like I said, seize on anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, they took it completely out of context. If you read the entire thing, he was saying, you know, um, I'm, I, I much prefer doing the two-way role, blah, blah, blah. That's what I'm best at. I like to contribute offensively. He was just talking about his, his game and then the, the overall. But people seized on that as, oh, he's been happy in Montreal. And I still see it. I still read that nonsense two weeks later, three weeks later. And it's like, that's not what he said. But it doesn't matter. But as you said, Blaine, I mean, they're not trading him, not with two rookie centers. That that would be absolute madness to do that. It really would. Because, yes, uh, Suzuki and Kakanyemi had great playoffs. Yes, they did. Um, of the two, I think Suzuki is in the best position to, to kind of build on that going forward to next season. That's not a knock on double K. It's just the, the fact of he had a promising rookie season. He struggled during his sophomore season, so they sent him down to the minors where he suffered the spleen injury. He goes home to Finland. He puts on 15 pounds of muscle, comes back, and he's an absolute beast during, during the qualifying round and the, and the, uh, the first round against, uh, against the Flyers. And all of a sudden, everybody's ready to anoint him as the second-line center full-time, and it's just like you may want to tap the brakes on that a little bit because, yeah, he looked great during that short stretch. We don't know if that's going to translate into a full season of that type of play if it does fantastic and if you decide by the time you get to the trade deadline at that point that hey you know we're pretty good here at center we can afford to move Dano to address a, a different need uh you know because we're not going to resign him blah 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 okay fine but those those two kids have not proven they can do it over a full season. As I said, I think Suzuki is in the best position to do it because the kid has better skills. I think Kakanyemi definitely has it, um, but he could be another year or two away from that. He may not be ready for that next season. And if, if he's not, and you've gone and traded away Dan O, well, now you've left yourself in a big mess. So no, I, I don't buy into any of that. I, I, I will be very surprised if, if they trade Dan O before the season or during the season. Yeah, the small sample size of 10 games, averaging five hits a game for Kotniemi, which was great, but project that over an 82-game season. And this year, it's probably going to be a condensed schedule because there Oh, it will be a condensed schedule. So if you, if you put five hits a game, you, there's no way he can play like that over an entire season. It's impossible. Oh, my God, no. I mean, <laughs> yeah, after a while, the wear and tear just, yeah, you know. It, it takes it out on you as much as it does the players you're hitting. So, yeah, I, I mean, again, great strides that he made. It was good to see, you know, I mean, I definitely think he's going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be that guy that we all hoped that he would be as Habs fans. I think he's, I still think he's probably two years away, but you know, we'll see. Matt, are you, are you awake? What's going yeah, I'm on? still here. <laughs> I'm, I'm just i'm just listening to the good conversation right now <laughs> i'm not trying to dominate it i'm sorry if i have <laughs> no that's okay no, that, that's the whole point of a guest is to to dominate the whole point of a guest is to dominate <laughs> us i guess um, is there a safe uh, word in this or <laughs> bananas <laughs> no I'll, I'll throw in i'll throw in a little bit about uh Kakaniemi as well um I, and i completely agree he'd be the odd man who 
to a top six position, in my opinion. And I'm not ready to throw the towel in on um, on Dano yet. He was uh, statistically he was on pace for his best ever season. He, uh, you know, sixth place in selfie voting. Like the the guys, the guys very good at what he does. He's a very underestimated player. And, and and I agree with Lyle. I believe that a lot of his um, a, a lot of the things that he said were were really people took it the wrong way. I don't think he wants to leave the Canadians, and I think the Canadians would be foolish um, to move him, just like what uh, Buffalo did when they moved Ryan O'Reilly. That's a great example. That's a great example. In fact, there was a piece in the uh, the hockey news last week that basically said the headline was "Don't trade Dano." Because yeah. and they made that very point. They showed that as comparison, saying, "Look what happened two years ago when Buffalo, you know, traded away Ryan O'Reilly." Yeah, they thought that Casey Middlestead was ready. They thought that their other young guys were going to be ready, and they weren't. And now we're seeing a very unhappy Jack Eichel. And you really and and, and, and as you were saying, like I don't believe that Kakaniemi and Suzuki are ready to take the reins just yet. I, I think Kakaniemi is better suited to a third role. Give him some size on the wings, and I think that that could be a very good, say, 2A, 2B line to complement a line with, um, say, Tatar, Gallagher, and, uh, and Deneau, who statistically have been one of the better five-on-five lines in hockey since they've been put together. But if you're if you're rolling lines anyway, if every you know all the all three of the top three lines, let's you know in air quotes top three lines, if they're playing seventeen minutes, eighteen minutes a game each, which one is the number one line? That's true. And you might have you might have one team that you're going to play, you know, line A harder against than another. You know, if you if you've got um, if you've got um, for instance, like the Pittsburgh series, you're gonna play Deneau against Crosby. It's just gonna it's just gonna happen. Same thing as you play Boston. He's gonna go against Bergeron. You're not gonna throw Cockney to the Wolves and be like, okay, you're gonna chase this guy. Yeah, great learning experience for the kid. Yeah, <laughs> as, 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 yeah, as you were packing up for your lost seat, yeah, as your series is over and you're eliminated. Well, it was, yeah. What was your, why did you keep playing cocking? Well, it was a great experience for the kid. As he sits in the corner sobbing, his confidence totally crushed. Absolutely. And and there's, there's teams that obviously aren't as, um, that don't have the depth as some of these other teams at center. So you match a, you match um, cocking Emmy up against a a third line center, even a second line center on some teams and the kid's going to flourish. Yeah. I think Julian did a good job of matching up. He, I liked how he put Weber and Sherratt on with uh, Suzuki when he was up against Malkin, having Malkin's line being the bigger line, Suzuki line kind of – the four is kind of smaller. Yeah, and that worked put, out perfect for and him. And he put Petrie and uh, Kulak against Crosby's line because he had Deneau, Gallagher, and Tatar. Well, not that I, – I think Tatar played in the playoffs, but he was supposedly there. <laughs> there were a couple of sightings, yeah. <laughs> Um, I just like how Julian did that. And I think now that Edmondson's in there, it's going to make him easy, it, easier for him to put out, roll out his defensive lines because now he has pretty much four Mack trucks, uh, you know, in the top four, you got Romanov coming up, who's not big, but he can hit. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of gives Romanov them room to let Romanov develop on the third line. 
I'm personally not against him going to Laval, but they seem pretty hard set that, he, that he's going to start in Montreal. And who knows, maybe Romanov is that guy and he ends up moving up in the lineup and pretty soon he's on Weber's left. I don't know, but I, I just, I'm just going back to the Edmund deal. That's another part I like about the deal is right now, I know analytics say he's terrible, but right now, your high danger slot shots are going to be fewer because people are going to be afraid to go in there against these four guys. You don't also forget got somebody that can kill some penalties too, because we saw yeah. that Mete wasn't able to do that yeah. during the, uh, during the playoffs and it um, they had to fall back on a guy like Willette and I Willette thought he had a good playoffs. You know what? He had his done. moments. He played better than Mete in my opinion. Yeah. But it takes a little bit of the it takes a little bit about of that responsibility off of say Kulak or Mete, whoever's in the lineup at the time. And we still don't know who's gonna play on the third line right side, whether Juleson's uh, gonna be healthy enough to play at the NHL level. If Flurry's gonna have a really good camp like he did last time, that's gonna be another physical presence and somebody else that can kill pennies. And just imagine you add Romanov and flurry to a third line pairing and you like say, okay, the, the leash is loosened. Just go get them. Like there's going to be some heavy hits thrown in the, in, during the, during the season. From what Bergevin says about Jules, Juleson is they don't know. I think Juleson's going to start in the AHL because he said in an interview uh, this week that he didn't see Juleson. They weren't quite positive on his health because they did want him to get into the NHL action, start getting headaches again. Uh, so they're going to take their time with Juleson and uh, just to see where he's at. Which is a smart thing to do. Yeah. So I think Juleson's going to sign a two-way contract on his R- – he's an RFA this year, and I think you'll see him start. So I think it's Flurry's spot to lose unless they go out and get some other – Don't forget parent. the waiver wires, guys. The guy, These guys have, have been in the league long enough that now they're no longer waiver exempt. Yeah, but right. if Juleson signs a two-way contract – that doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't oh. matter. He still has too but, much time. But honestly, who's who's going to grab him if they're worried about uh, worried about his health? Exactly. Yeah. I think, it's, that's, it's, I think it's, that's a risk that they're willing to take. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, with with signing Edmondson, um, isn't it nice to have some depth finally? Absolutely. Somewhere? Absolutely. I mean, but guys, not a top four puck moving defenseman. That's exactly what we need. It's true. <laughs> no, no, that's true. The Canadians do need some some ability to move the puck but what, puck mover. but what the analytics community is leaving out because analytics are just stats they're just stats mm. but uh so, some people are ignoring the one stat that seems to matter when it comes to edmondson and is that is his uh defensive zone starts he did all the dirty work for a hurricanes team that anal- the analytic community adores so all the dirty work, all the, you know, penalty killing, starting in the D zone, mentoring young players like, uh, like Hayden Fleury, things like that, that matters. And they kind of glossed over that part. Well, you know, I would think too, at the end of the day that, uh, you know, maybe some of these guys making that are sitting in the GM chairs and some of these guys that, you know, uh, are coaches, maybe they kind of know a thing or two about a thing or two. You know, maybe maybe they actually kind of know what they're doing. I mean, listen, sure, sometimes signings get made or coaches make decisions where we as fans sit back, scratch our heads and go, what are you doing? 
But at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're doing it based on all, they have access to far more information than we do. You know, yeah, but what do they know? They're on, they're not on Twitter. They don't know. <laughs> exactly. Everybody knows the Twitter universe is, is where everybody <laughs> knows everything. Just ask them. They'll tell you. That's right. Uh, <laughs> so you're saying evil Bergy actually isn't Bergema? <laughs> I know. I was crushed. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I was just absolutely crushed. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I mean, but right now, I mean, this, if, if you're a Montreal fan, I mean, for the first time in three years, this is something worth getting excited about because I mean, yes, okay, yeah, they had a few good games in this return to play tournament, which let's let's be honest, some of their players really weren't keen for. <laughs> you know, guys like Brendan Gallagher, remember when all this thing was still in the being discussed stage, he was among that group that was you could tell by the tone that it was just sort of like, Yeah, we'll go, but you know, why don't we just shut this down, call it a wrap, and we'll come back next year. Well now we know <laughs> that he had same. an underlying he had an underlying injury as well. Yeah, but even but even beside that, they still came back, they played very well. And yeah, so that gives us all some hope. That means a tantalizing glimpse into whatever next season looks like, which will be condensed. It's not going to be a full 82 game. That's not happening. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, it, it gives us something to get excited about. I mean, you know, yes, the, the kids are, you know, the kids are, are coming and they're looking great. You know, Suzuki, Kakanyemi, we've got some depth now on defense and, oh, we got some kids there too. And Hey, we got a great backup goalie now for, for our starting goalie. So yeah, maybe some of the pieces seem to be finally falling into place here. So my only, th- my only thing is, it's just as a Habs fan, I've been down this road before though. I just yeah. express a little bit of caution because we all we all remember 15 years ago, okay, when it was Chris Higgins and and uh, the Kostitsins and uh, oh yes, you know they they were going to come in and and you know they were the next wave and they were going to carry us on to glory and it just never really happened and you know they were all wingers too, so it, it, <laughs> it's nice to have actual centermen. And yeah yeah and that's the main thing this time it's like honest to god yeah honest to god centerman for a change um but i i have to say so far i you know i i am feeling i would say i'm kind of dropping the caution bit a bit a bit here i'm not getting overly excited but yeah i i think that this is a team that you know is is going to be in playoff contention i think next season just by the way they go but if they get a score absolutely you know and that's what I think is, as we all know, I think that's what's next on Bergie's radar is, uh, is going to be a scoring it, winger. It, it, is he sniffing around? Do you know anything? <laughs> <laughs> he talks, of course he talks. And he is, he made no secret of it. I mean, you know, he, he was asked about it earlier this week. What's what, you know, what does your team need? And, you know, without hesitation, it was like, we need a big scoring forward. So Obviously, he's going to shop around. We know when he stockpiled those draft picks exactly what he had planned for this offseason. We've already seen it. He's begun to use some of those picks, and he's going to use some more. Um, Would I like to see him go out and get somebody like Taylor Hall? Absolutely. Do I think he's going to? No. Too expensive. Way too expensive. I think if he goes into free agency, it'll be for depth players, affordable depth players. I think if he's going to make a big splash, it's going to be in the trade market. Could you see him um, swinging a, one of those picks, second round pick, et cetera, to go after maybe an RFA? I wouldn't rule it out. 
Someone I, I, maybe, right someone now, maybe I, like I, a Josh Anderson who yeah, we I mean, continuously I, hear about when it comes to the Canadians. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, Josh Anderson, I, I'm a little ambivalent. I mean, yeah, he, he, you know, he, he looked good there for a couple of seasons, got hurt this season, had the shoulder injury, you know, missed most of it. Um, that'd be one I would caution. Don't, you know, be, be careful. Just you don't want to overpay. It's not that I wouldn't like to see a player like him there. And if he comes back and he's healthy, yeah, he could be a terrific addition there to Montreal. I don't think he's a first line guy, but he would definitely, I think, slide in comfortably in the second line. Um, but again, be careful. Yeah. One, more, one more question while we, while we have you here. Um, Bill Guerin said that they're not bringing back Gelchenyuk, and a lot of Twitter, uh, a lot of Twitter <laughs> fans are talking. You know, they want a reunion. Some of them, some of them want a reunion. I want to know your, I want to know your thoughts on that. <laughs> uh, do you really want to know my thoughts? I, on that? I absolutely do. Let I, I've, loose. Had this, I've had this question teed up. Okay. Let, let I, can loose run that, I can answer that for you in two words. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's a 30-goal scorer. Yeah. <laughs> Five years ago. <laughs> uh, we, listen, yeah, is everybody forgetting uh, who the coach is in Montreal and who the GM is in Montreal? Here's a hint. The same people who got rid of him. That's right. He hates Russians. Yeah, they hate <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely. That, 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 that's why they, they're going to start a Russian on defense. This, this that's season. right. <laughs> because they hate him. They hate him so much. That's why they brought in Kovalev. <laughs> and exactly <laughs> or sorry uh sorry, that wasn't Bergevin though who did that though no Kovalchuk 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 I was having a senior moment because I was thinking about Yager <laughs> speaking of which that's 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 kind of a we haven't heard much more talk about that maybe it's because he didn't have a good playoff no, uh, no he did let's face it he was pretty invisible for Washington he was pretty invisible the last eight games with Montreal Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, I know there was sort of, you know, Bergman was saying, oh, yes, hey, you know, we could wear, we really liked what he brought to the team and to the room and blah, blah, blah. But <sighs> honestly, mm. <laughs> unless it's like dirt cheap, one mil, <laughs> you know, but he even then, but he would have to be. Even then, though, really, no, no, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. No, I'm sure if he got shut out on any trade deal or any UFA, maybe oh, he kicks sure. that tire. But... Sure, sure. It, yeah, it, in that scenario, Blaine, absolutely, absolutely. If you if you shot your best shot everywhere else, and you know nothing, and he's available, and he wants to come back to Montreal, and he's willing to accept bottom dollar to do it, sure. You know, I mean, give him give him one million base bonuses, bringing him up to two point five. So just basically do what my wife did at the palace one night 20 years ago. <laughs> Get drunk and not realize what they, she actually did. Yeah. Yeah. That's it too. <laughs> so I got a question here. Wow. And I, I have a poll out right now. You might have oh, seen we'll it. Put it away. Put it away. <laughs> not that kind of poll. <laughs> uh, with Edmondson signed and they in the huge depth and Romanov probably playing in Montreal, the huge depth at left, who is the odd left-handed defenseman out? Who is the guy they're either going to shop in a deal or simply trade off? Or maybe, with any luck in my world, not re-sign on an RFA? 
I hate to break your heart. It's going to be Kulak. I, I agree. I, I think it's going to be Kulak too. He's but. got more value. And Eric Ingalls was, was writing about that too, Sportsnet. And uh, yeah, and you know, I, I tend to agree with most of uh, Eric's take on the all things Habs. He's, he's, he's pretty dialed in there. And yeah, I had to agree with him. Kulak has, has more value. Package him with, with one of those picks, maybe a couple of those picks, you know, see what you can shake loose. I, you know, I think, yeah, that it would be Kulak. Could they go, Edmonton needs help on D. Could they go after Pugliarvi? Could, could they get him without giving up a first round pick? <laughs> oh, they've got to, Edmonton's got to put, first of all, Edmonton's got to put that fantasy away. You're not getting a first round pick. I mean, you're just not <laughs> uh, for Pugliarvi. No. Um, Edmonton really doesn't, believe it or not, they really don't need any help on defense now. Believe it or not, they don't. Um, you know, they do have a pretty decent defense core there. And in fact, they're actually, you know, they're talking about trading Adam Larson for a forward, for, for that elusive winger to play on Connor McDavid's line. Now, I don't know if you can get that winger for Adam Larson. Maybe you can get a good second line winger. Taylor Hall did. <laughs> Maybe they can get Taylor Hall. <laughs> that ship's definitely sailed. Oh, you know it would be really good. Taylor Hall with the Calgary Flames, but you that's not going to happen oh. either. That's not 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 with uh, Johnny Hockey and uh, Matt Kachuk both uh, patrolling the left side. That that's not going to happen. Even if they trade away Johnny Hockey, they're not going to go bring in Taylor Hall. You know, I heard that one too. If they if they traded John, trade Johnny Goudreau, it's like Brad Living is not trading Johnny Goudreau. Not unless he's getting something really, really good in return. So, yeah. Plus, you just get if in Montreal, you're just getting another small forward. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I yeah, I even heard Goudreau the best one. Oh, Montreal should go get it because he's French. Oh, for fuck's sake! What? <laughs> I actually what? heard that. I actually heard that. It was like Montreal should go get it because he's French. He's not French. The same it's as go, Patrick go, Marlo, go, he's not French. Goudreau. <laughs> Goudreau. <laughs> yes, of the French Goudreaux from New Jersey. <laughs> He's just a baguette and a beret away. <laughs> Francis Bouillon wasn't French either, yet everyone thinks he's French. So, Well, his mother was. So He was from yeah. New York. Fair yes, play. He's a mom. But... And I got to sit next to his girlfriend on an airplane to Dallas. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I'm just saying. But... <laughs> anyway, but no, but, but yeah, Edmonton, Edmonton doesn't need a defenseman right now. So, uh, yeah. What about the Kings? I've heard they've been kicking tires on left, uh, lefty. Just saw that on Twitter. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, and that's a real thing. I mean, uh, you know, they're rebuilding, you know, they've, they've got some good young, young players there, but, uh, I think, you know, like Rob Blake is not going to make a big splash in this year's free agent market. I think he's looking to next year's, which is going to be much deeper. Um, but he, he's going to want to make a move or two, I think, to kind of bring in some short-term experienced guys to kind of help out his youngsters. So, you know, you, you can't rule that out. But, I mean, if, you're, if he's going to make a trade to bring in a veteran defenseman, a short-term guy, you're not going to get a lot back. He's, you know, he's, he's not going to give, give up a serviceable player. He's, pretty, he's already pretty much done, done that in the last two years. He keeps sending them to Toronto for some reason. But, yeah. Because they're overpaying. Yeah. <laughs> hey, here's a thought. Okay. Um, in or out? Kyle Clifford. 
Jeez. I think, I think he might be out, even though they need a guy like Kyle Clifford. In Toronto, I think he's out 100%. I think he's in. I think Toronto keeps him. I think Toronto got another – I think Johansson's gone. And they're going to make another big move. Well, they're, they're definitely going to be doing something. They're, they're going to be – you're already shedding salary, so you know something's coming up. I mean, <laughs> they're even, you know, willing to, well, we'll listen on Freddie Anderson. We're not shopping him, but we'll listen. Not shopping. Yeah. Which, I, which I don't understand. Like, the guy, the guy is, the guy's a good goalie, and he, it was not his fault that they lost that series. It was not his fault they lost that series. It was not his fault that they lost to Boston in the last two uh, playoffs. It was not his fault they lost to Washington before that. But you but can't blame Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, and you can't blame those guys. Austin Matthews <laughs> only shows up for two playoff games a year. He gets about six points in those games, and everyone looks at him and says, oh, well, he was a point-per-game player. He scored in two fucking games. <laughs> or as well, Mitch Marner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of invisible man there. Ew, He's getting the hockey not... bird. Marner's getting the hockey bird treatment a little bit this year too. Yeah. Well, and this is the thing. I mean, it, Toronto is. Let's face it, guys. Toronto. Toronto fascinates us. No, they they do. They do. Um, I find them fascinating just for the fact that they just they they lost their minds over a shiny thing two years ago, and now they're in cap hell and don't know what to do. It's when so they great. Abs- I love it. When there was no reason for them to do that at all. And yeah, I have gotten on my hobby horse with this before, and I will keep doing it. First of all, it's not John Tavares' fault. Okay? Hey, he, w- he was going to go back with the Islanders until the Leafs came and said, hey, you know, 11 mil a season for seven years to come home? Sure, why not? Not his fault. But they, I said at the time, and I'll keep saying it, because they made that deal, they handcuffed themselves. And now they're totally screwed on defense. And now they're having to try and do all kinds of salary cap gymnastics here to try and free up cap space to bring in that magical top pairing right side guy. We keep hearing them linked to, to Alex, you know, to, uh, to Peter Angelo. Or Matt and, <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen unless you, you, you got to move a guy like Willie Nylander to free up that kind of coin. And apparently they don't want to do that. So what are you going to be doing? And it's, it's going to be all Band-Aid measures again. Now, maybe Duva surprises. I mean, he surprised me last year, and I gave him credit last year for those uh, salary cap gymnastics that he pulled off. You know, He didn't make the team any better, as it turned out, but he didn't make them worse, which was what I was really expecting. I really thought they were going to be a lot worse than what we saw this year. And but he's got we, to use the uh, long-term injury reserve a lot to help his cap. And don't be surprised if he tries that again. You know, uh, Brandon Dubinsky. Bingo. I was just about to say that. Keep your eyes and ears on Brandon Dubinsky because that contract is going to get moved. That contract's going to get moved for a team that either they're they're looking to reach the cap floor. Hi, Ottawa. Um, a, a team that, you know, like Toronto, that's going to be looking for LTIR space so they can, you know, go and get the player that they want. Uh, yeah, there's, that's at least two reasons right there, you know, why you're going to want to do that. And I, I think that he doesn't cost that much in actual salary for next season. I could be wrong. I don't have it right here in front of me right now, but yeah, I think I it's about 2 million. Hit, yeah. His cap hits 5.85. 
So, you know, yeah, if, if you're comfortable, if you're looking at getting for real dollars that you're not actually going to have to pay, pay out that much and it looks good for accounting purposes, then yeah, that's, that's a contract that's going to be moved. And listen, the, the Blue Jackets, they, they want to free up cap space. They need scoring. And, you know, Yarmo Kekka line and their general manager has stressed that. So uh, if, 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 if they can't move Dubinsky, they'll be fine with putting him on LTIR as well. Cause it's by the sound of things, his career is done. So year long LTIR fine, but I think Blue Jackets ownership prefer to get that off their books if they can. So Kekalainen did it before he did it with David Clarkson. So now a friend of ours at the, the hockey writers, Mark Scheidt, he, uh, he wrote about Domi going to uh, Columbus as mm-hmm. added scoring. Is there, do you think there's any fit there? Well, I, I think there could be, but you, you, you would have to put him there a uh, second line center. He would have to go because, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois is, is their top line guy. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, yeah, put him there as the second line center. Um, yeah, there could be a fit there. But again, that depends too on, you know, the whole thing with Domi is what do other teams see him as? Do they see him as, as a, you know, a second line center? Do they see him as a winger instead? that's going to affect, you know, what, what interest there is, what trade value he has and, and what Montreal could get back if they do find somebody that, you know, if they are looking to move him. I personally think Domi stays and plays wing. Personally. <laughs> if he stays, it's going to be a short-term contract. Yeah, that, that makes sense though. And I think Domi's, I, I think both sides are looking for a short-term contract. Yeah. I don't think take him up to free agency. Contract. Two years, take him up to free agency and then they'll see where they're at after that. Yeah. yeah. He's not going to get over six mil. He's not going to get over five. I'll be very surprised if he got over five. His agent will push for it. They'll say, look at the 70 points he got last season. And Bergie says, look at the 44 he got this season. And he's, he's a 50-point average guy throughout his career. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, was that 70 points an anomaly? You know? Or was, the, was what we saw this season more of an indication of what you're going to get? Again, 44, you know, 40 to 50 points, that ain't nothing. But is that worth overpaying? No. What about a so what, what about a homecoming to Winnipeg? <laughs> okay, he was born there. He has no memory of it. He grew up in Toronto. We all know this. Uh, but a Domi in a Jets jersey—that's got to sell something. Well, but Domi is a second line center. Again, that would be a team that could be a destination because they're going to be looking for a second line center. I mean, only if Line A is coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, there, there's the perfect setup guy right there for Max Domi. Max Domi is a setup guy. Line's on his wing. Look out! I think that could be actually a pretty decent fit there, because uh, they need a second, a good second line center. The Brian Little experiment is has has not worked, and now he's his status is up in the air because of the injury he suffered last year. So they're in the market for a proven second line center. Domi could fit that role. They could afford him. Do you think Ellers on Bergevin's radar? Oh, I think Ellers is on a lot of radars. Uh, I just don't think the Jets are keen to, to give up either guy. And quite frankly, I think they'd be foolish to do so. I mean, uh, you know, I, I understand, yeah, the needs that they have to fill. That We talked about the second line center position. They also have some holes on the defense that, that need to be filled too. But, you know, you can go a, a much more affordable route than – you know, giving up a guy like Ehlers. I, I, if, if I'm shoveled day off, I don't, I don't move him. Not unless you're getting one 
hell of a return. You know, you're not going to give him up for potential. You're not going to give him up for guys that were something and now they're on the downside and you're just basically trading for their name and not what they can do. So, you know, I mean, if, if he can't find anything decent in the trade market, I mean, you know, there, there, there's, there's some at least some decent defense options there in free agency that you can get. You know, a homecoming for Travis Hamonic, for example, you know, for their defense. TJ Brody would be another one could go in there. That's just two off the top of my head. There's actually not a bad market for decent defensemen. Sammy Batanen is another. So, you know, I, I, I don't see him going that route, moving a guy like that. I mean, I'm sure, I, listen, hey, I'd love to see him in a Habs uniform. Though, again, another small forward, yes? Yes, he is. Yeah. So, yeah. But again, this is a league, though, where small forwards play big now. So, you know, hey. None play bigger than Domi. <laughs> yeah. Gallagher. Well, Gallagher he, yeah. Big. But I mean, Domi actually can fight and he is. Oh, he is a big he, Yeah. He, he already, uh, you, you notice nobody bothered tangling with him too much after he uh, basically cleaned Aaron Eckblad's clock. <laughs> and all that talk of, oh, I can't wait for when we meet him again. Yet he did nothing. Nope. <laughs> Domi he, just uh, laughed at him the time. So, <laughs> he tucked tail and ran. Yep, Domi just laughed at him the whole time. So it was just, yeah, he, was a, he is a chip off the old block in that sense. He doesn't, he doesn't have to throw down, but if you, if you challenge him, he will. And, you know. I mean, I do like that feisty aspect of Domi's game. It's just, I just wish he could get this. I just wish he could get his scoring consistency sorted out. Yeah. And that, and this is one of those things, one of the reasons why I think he's going to stay in Montreal, even if it's just the two-year deal, uh, the Canadians need that grit. He gives it and he can play on the wing. So and why are you he's trade willing him? to play and he's willing to play whatever role that Julian wants. He doesn't make waves. So yeah, I mean, I'm you know I'm fine with with keeping him. The bigger the bigger reason I love to have him on the team is because watching Ty skate around wearing a Habs jersey and trolling <laughs> Leaf fans is so awesome. Oh, it's so much fun! <laughs> oh my god, it's amazing. Yeah. Especially after Ty telling me back in the '90s how much he hated Montreal. <laughs> it's just unreal. It's fun to watch. Matt, Matt, you wait so, over there. Jesus. <laughs> I, as I said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna jump in. I'm, I'm the one that doesn't have the webcam going right now, so, um, you know, I, you can't see what I'm doing, but I can see you're what you're grooming doing. your beard, aren't you? You don't want to see what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am. Are I am. you saying that gives me an idea what you're doing, and I don't want to know. <laughs> I am waxing my beard. Uh, <laughs> Typical Air Force. <laughs> Sure, you're waxing your beard. <laughs> so, Lyle, you don't think Bergevin's done then? You think he's got a lot more wheeling and dealing to do? Yeah, yeah. He, he's got to bring in some scoring punch now. He's addressed the backup goalie situation beautifully. Um, I, you know, again, the Edmondson move, I, I would have, like you, I would prefer a puck moving guy on the left side. But, you know, I'm not complaining about Edmondson at all. I like what he brings to the team. Uh, so now it's like, yeah, go and address the, uh, the goal scoring issue. I think that's, that's the next big thing. And I think he's going to do that by trade, because as I said earlier, he's got those, all those draft picks that he can use. He could also maybe move a prospect or something like that, or one of the young guys, maybe Ryan Paling goes, you know, I know (gasps) some will say sacrilege, but you know, we're still waiting for the big breakthrough with the kid and mm, 
He's only had one pro season. Yeah, I mean, he really has. I mean, look, guys move, you know, develop differently than others. But listen, you know, if if you get a really good score, if you can get a really good scoring winger who's in his mid twenties and paling is part of the ask, you do it. Oh, definitely, it. definitely. So, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, but I think yeah, he's he's going to be targeting uh, the teams that are going to be looking to shed salary, and there's a lot of them. There's a lot of teams that are sitting with over seventy mil. Uh, in cap room and they've got guys of their own they need to resign and they're going to be wanting to try and move some guys so. there's going to be a lot of teams obviously that are going to have an internal cap as well bingo and they're not going to want to spend as much as what they normally would because the revenue is just not coming in absolutely buffalo perfect example you know that was that was uh, one of the big reasons why they made that trade last night for eric Stahl. you know they managed to clear 1.25 mil off their books for next season by uh, acquiring Eric Stahl and moving out uh, Marcus Johansson. Plus, I get a better player in the process. So, you know. Yeah, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure what Minnesota was thinking there. I'm not sure. A lot, you know, Trig, you're not the only person to think. A lot of people were puzzled by it. I was, you were, I'm sure everybody else here was. A lot I of people. I definitely was. Um, he, look, he's made no secret, Billy Guerin, that he wants to bolster his depth on at center. Uh, that was what the, uh, the Nick Bugstad uh, acquisition was all about last Friday. Um, but this move, uh, yeah, stall for, uh, yeah, stall for, for uh, Johansson, that was a head scratcher because you basically added money to your cap. Well, yeah. Player. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, listen, I mean, you know, yeah, listen, Johansson's a very versatile player. He's six years younger than, than stall as well. But he plays better as a left winger and not as a center. He spent all last season with Buffalo as a center, and he was clearly out of his depth in that role. Uh, but Billy Guerin is saying, no, we're bringing him in as a center. Okay, fine. But um, I think we all know that Matt Dumba is going to be on the move, and Matt Dumba is going to be going for, I think, that magical first-line center that he's looking for. I know he says they're, they're impossible to get, well, depends on what you're offering. And I think if you offer up a guy like Matt Dumba, that gives you your best chance. Maybe you got to package him with something else too, but I really think he's this going to be the centerpiece to try and bring in that scoring center he wants. Does Bergevin trade Domi for Dumba and then get rid of Petrie <laughs> for that uh, top six winger? <laughs> well, if you're going to dream, dream big. Uh, <laughs> well that that's what's on twitter right now as a matter of oh, fact shut up <laughs> i just read i see if i can see if i can bring it up oh don't please for don't. Dumba, and please then trade petrie for the big winger that you want is it that gino guy that's always trading half the damn team for no <laughs> gino's uh you know what i'm never gonna i see a dumber for ellers i see this that one right now that's actually I'm Actually, right Dumba now. for Dumba for for Nikolai Ehlers makes sense. Yeah, I can't <laughs> well, see it Winnipeg makes sense if you're, it, it makes sense if you're Winnipeg. <laughs> wouldn't make sense for would make sense for Minnesota. Yeah, you're getting a scoring winger, but he doesn't address your center need. Maybe, no problem. I took a page from the Mark Bergevin yeah. school of how to make a winger <laughs> into a center. Here it is. This is from Robert Louis, who's actually usually not too bad. Hypothetically non nonsense time. What if the Habs can swing a deal focused around Domi for Dumba and then land Line A in a deal centered around Petrie and Deneau? Okay, you notice how he prefaced that. <laughs> yeah. Hypothetical nonsense. There you yeah. go. 
and, and another done. to take that seriously. And yeah. another guy in this thing has line A plus Dumba minus Petrie and Dano and Domi. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> Care and, to figure out the square root of a pickle jar now? <laughs> is, and our is good buddy Chris Pudsey. Oh, no, not uh, Pudsey. Lane? The bald-headed wonder. I don't see Monahan for Dumba, and if they move Dumba for one of Domi or Dano, then they lose that trade. <laughs> Oh, Pudsy. Twitter's a wonderful place. Uh, wow, this has just gone crazy. That's what's fun about Twitter. Sometimes you get the you get the this nonsensical stuff and it's fun to follow and fun to sure, read. Sure, sure. This this Winnipeg guy has a three way deal. Oh God. Deno to Minnesota. Okay. Roslovic and Nico to men at Montreal and Dumba to Winnipeg. Sounds like Montreal's getting hosed here. Uh yeah. Yeah. Look, Roslovich is a promising player. Niku, he was. Yeah. Not so much now. But Montreal's not looking for promise right now. They got, they've got promise up the yin-yang right now. Have you seen what's in their system? Come on. Exactly. So, exactly. no, you want right now, you want a right now guy. A guy who is mid to late 20s in his prime who's going to help you right now. So, Yeah. I'm not yeah. available. So Tina won't let it happen. No. And I'm no. not in my mid to late twenties. <laughs> and I'm and I'm Matt a lacrosse guy. I'm not a hockey guy. So I was in my late twenties thirty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my twenties my are gone now too. Right? Work. <laughs> yeah, but Air Force guys age differently than sailors. Like that's, they that's true. You know, they don't have to go one and two and like, you know, look at the water for four hours a night. So. Yeah, they don't salt. go drink until five AM either. <laughs> yeah. It's all the salt. It just preserves. You, you make that yard. sound like a bad thing, Matt. <laughs> no, no, it's good. Duty at when seven, you're... drink till five. Sorry, six thirty. Yeah, you need time to change. Yeah, I'll take the last watch. There's there's nothing better than getting picked up by MPs at seven a.m. <laughs> hey fellas, you got to ride back to the ship. I I can't find it. We're in Pearl Harbor. It's a long walk. So while we have you here, I'm wondering your thoughts for the sixteenth pick. Who would you, uh, who are you looking at? <laughs> uh, I wasn't actually prepared for that because if I, <laughs> I would have, uh, I, I would have had my uh, fantasy uh, little draft picks already brought up. Oh God. Um, hang on a second. Hang on. Hang on. Do, 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 do. Who's your pick, Matt? Right well, now, wait, it, it, it's really going to depend, and it's going to it's going to change as we get closer to the draft. I'm sure. If I'm picking a defenseman, I'm looking at Schneider. He's a big, right-handed shot, mean type kid. And um, if I'm going forward, I'm looking for a goal scorer, and I'm looking at somebody like a uh, a Dawson Mercer or a uh, Seth Jarvis. I, if, I was if they're available. To, I was about to suggest Dawson Mercer as well, provided he's still there at that. Uh... 16 um again yeah you don't know what you're going to be looking at here but um all right just kind of scrolling here through quickly um if you're looking for a uh if they're looking for a winger uh lucas uh, raymond out of the swedish league um defense uh, braden schneider and the brandon wheat kings 
Um, and uh, if you're looking again for a right winger, uh, Jack Quinn for the uh, 67s. Again, and of course, Mercer. If those, if those four get down that far, if they get that far. I think it'd be a miracle if uh, Raymond ended up there. I mean, that would be a gigantic home run for Bergevin if that happened. Thinking the same yeah. thing about Quinn. Well, look yeah, what happened. Too, with, yeah. Look what happened with Caulfield, though. Nobody Absolutely. expected them to get, and it just magically dropped into their lap. So you know, you never know. Sometimes these guys that we think, oh no, no, they'll be gone before Montreal gets the pick. Well, sometimes, sometimes they, you know, they drop. And, into and you might see some surprises. Um, like Sanderson came out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. We're hearing more about uh, Caden Gooley now. His name's coming up. Mm-hmm. We don't know how high Askarov's going to go. And he had a, he had his first career. He had his first KHL shutout today. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. Only rising. When I did my mock draft up up for a Bleach Report, I've got uh, you mentioned you mentioned Sanderson. I've got him going uh, fifth to the Sens. Um, if we go down, down, down. Uh, Caden Gould, I've got him going tenth. The Jets. Uh, Raymond, I've got going to the Predators at eleven, and uh, Schneider to the Panthers. Uh, Askarov, I've got him 13th to go into the Hurricanes because they need goaltending. But, hey, he, again, he could go – the, the, the more you hear about this kid, the more you kind of get the sense he's going to go higher up. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so Quinn and Mercer, I think, could be the two that are could might still be down there um, when they get pick 16. The, the only downside to this uh, this video conferencing draft is we won't get to see – Timmons and Bergevin high-fiving when they make their pick because when Caulfield fell to them, the second he fell and they made the pick, they got back to the table and high-fived. And that was hilarious. I know. They were just thrilled, though. Yeah. They were thrilled. They, they, yes. I wonder if they're watching the video of the Philadelphia bar at the time. (laughs) (laughs) We got Cam York. Shit. Well, yeah. Well, look at, well, you know, I mean, you even look at Lou Lamarillo in his first draft there with the Islanders, you know, I mean, he couldn't believe he got Noah Dobson. He, you know, that was it. It's so rare. You see Lou at a draft table smiling and he was smiling. He couldn't believe that Dobson fell to him, you know? And yeah. So you never know. You never know. Where do you I, think I'm just wondering, is, be? I'm just wondering, is Gary going to, is Gary Bettman actually going to, to during the virtual draft? Day? We have a trade to announce. <laughs> I heard they're going to put in fake booze when he uh, when he starts to talk. Oh, that'd be good. I hope so. I hope so. We we're talking about I that know. last night on, on the on the Face Off Hockey Show. We were talking about that last night, and we were saying when they wore the Stanley Cup, they were, we were wondering would they pipe in booing to kind of make it feel better. And we're like, no, 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 no. This is we Gary's one big chance to really kind of play it up. So they'll have like big cheers for Gary Bettman. And I think <laughs> Gary likes str- the booze. He'll come strutting out like Vince McMahon down the <laughs> runway. <laughs> when the players boo him when he comes out, I think that would be even funnier. Oh, yeah, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I think they yep. do it just good-naturedly, you know. You probably hear big smiles going, boo! <laughs> just give us the cup and leave. Yeah, <laughs> So, Lyle, where do you think Caulfield plays next year if there's no NCAA? That's a good question. Bergevin has mentioned that he'd like to see him go to Europe. I think he would. I think he would. But, you know, it, it, it's on Montreal's dime. So, yeah, I, I, I think they would. I think he would, too, just because you don't want to run the risk of losing losing that playing time, you know. He, he wants to play for the Canadians. He wants to make yeah. the jump to the bigs. And if they say – 
kiddo, you'll be better off playing in Europe. He'll do it, you know, if there's no NCAA. Then now again, he, we, can't, we can't assume there'll be no NCAA. Remember, we thought there was going to be no Big Ten football, and here we are. Yeah. Now, he uh, would he need to sign an entry-level contract to go to Europe? Hmm. Not sure. I think, I think he might have to. I, I don't know. It, how it's going to be interesting to see how they listen because this is such an unusual situation. You know, I'm sure maybe they would kind of swing something. You know, uh, I'm I'm not really too sure what they what kind of provisions they've got in the new CBA right now. I mean, I've gone through the memorandum of understanding for some of the stuff, and there's there's a lot of stuff in there that isn't really covered but it doesn't mean that it's not i mean there. he would slide anyway so i guess it wouldn't be a huge big deal but yeah I'm, I'm yeah just he, he would he would but again you know i it, personally it, believe they'd have to sign him especially when the ncaa yeah. came out and said you can't play in these kind of leagues i think you're right and there would be a professional but league again, because it's in. such a unique situation i don't know if there'd be kind of deals brokered for like waivers or something like yeah. that i'm not sure how they do that but i i do agree with you matt i think he would have to probably sign his entry level or which something. wouldn't be a bad thing they've got contracts they've got contract space right now when yeah. canadians fans are you know uh very excited for for this guy to to sign his contract and to one day become a montreal canadian and and and, and be on the ice with them but uh as Treg was saying, I think I think uh, going to the, uh, the you know the Swedish league or the Swiss league or something like that, I think it would be uh, be beneficial for him. He Duke can't, all, he can't miss Austin that Matthews time. Did. That's what Austin Matthews did. You exactly. know, he spent a year in the Swiss league and it did him a world of good. So yeah, others so. stay away from the KHL. Yeah, oh, go to go to Switzerland 100%. or Sweden. You'll you'll be it'll be much better off for him that way. And I think he should stay. Like even if the NCAA doesn't have hockey i think he needs to stay out of the ahl as well because that's that's an option for him to go and i think there's just too much room for him to get hurt there to be honest with you not really ready yet i mean you don't the problem is like you say you don't want to rush these kids before they're really ready you know it's one thing to be a big star in college hockey it's another when you get to the pros you know even minor pro because there are guys there who will hurt you and i I think bergevin really wants to take his time with caulfield and develop him right yeah, and absolutely he should. And luckily now he has the luxury to be able to do that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I do think that uh, part of his development plan is to get him to play in the World Juniors. Yes. And, and we know now, as of today, it's Thursday, the 17th of September, yep. the IIHF announced that they will play in a bubble in Edmonton. Yeah, and I'm I applaud that. That's, that, you know, that's great. They, they looked at what the NHL was able to do. Um, listen, we know the NHL is not going to be playing at that time when the, the world juniors is being staged. We all know this. It was a, you know, listen, it was a great idea, cute idea. That was, you know, that they would start in December, but that was based on the premise that with all due respect to our American family and friends, that their government would have their shit together when it came to COVID-19. They don't. So until they do. It's a fake pandemic. <laughs> oh, oh. oh. <laughs> I know. I read it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Fox, there it is. Fox News See, told me so. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter said so. Twitter said so. If Twitter said Twitter and Facebook, Facebook said so too. My 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 far right uncle told me. He read a thing that he got from a thing that he saw from a thing. Anyway, 
Um, but no, the, the NHL is not going to be happening during the period of the World Juniors. So why not? Why not have them play in a bubble in Edmonton? I think that's a great idea. Obviously, the city of Edmonton is all for it. And yeah, make it happen. Great idea. There you go. That's it. That's that. Yeah. I just want to go see a live hockey game. <laughs> oh, well, well, I have the option here of seeing Quebec. Well, not yet, but watching uh, hopefully the, the Charlottetown Islanders here. It's the Quebec Major Juniors gearing back up. So, hooray. Hopefully in small <laughs> small groups, hopefully. Yeah, but you're stuck watching Charlottetown. I mean, how – I mean, eh. It's just <laughs> Fuck you. Islanders. <laughs> <laughs> We get to watch Jean-Jacques Deneau lead the Halifax Mooseheads to glory. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Do you know, it's nice for you guys to bash a team other than Moncton for once. <laughs> well, oh, we only Moncton. Bash- oh, yeah. Moncton's not worth bashing. Yeah, no. exactly. Moncton still has a team? Oh. The, the, Do you know what? After giving up the uh, the players and the picks this year to make a run and then COVID hit, they're not going to have much of a team next year. No. no. Yeah, that's going to hurt. Yeah. Ironically, it's like they kissed their cousin on that on those deals. <laughs> this is a strange metaphor, but I'll go with you on that. Okay. Well, I mean, it is Moncton. They're well known for that. <laughs> right, Matt? <laughs> uh, I love Moncton. <laughs> <laughs> and my sister. <laughs> Oh, oh, hey, oh. Hey, at least they're fixing the roundabout there in Moncton at long last week. Jesus. That's very true. And they got a new arena. It's very nice. They they do. And it's a very nice arena, actually, downtown. They do. Very nice arena. Yeah, I played in it last year. It's just, just, why is Moncton such a pain in the ass to drive in? Jesus. God. It's it's Moncton. I mean, it's, I mean, thank God. Well, I mean, you know, Costco used to be easy to find. It's easier now because it's out on the highway, you know, and my, uh, my periodontist is almost across the street from Champlain Mall. So those are easy, but everything else is a freaking nightmare. <laughs> this is an interesting talk about wingers and big wingers. Uh, Patrick, uh, Patrick Bexel says that Jacob Olsen's uh, turning into a winger. That he's going to stay on the wing in the Swedish league. And uh, it looks like they're going to start uh, developing him as a winger. That's a good path for him. Yeah. He's really? a big guy too. So if you got some skill, it's a good future big winger for the Habs. And I just noticed it on Twitter. Just thought I'd throw it out there. He's a former second, uh, second round pick. So yeah. I, I, I could see the Canadians being a little bit more invested in that. I just, like I said, I'm just, uh, I'm just op- getting – Less cautiously optimistic about Hebb's uh, prospects, you know, going forward here. Liking what I see of Suzuki, even though technically he wasn't one of our prospects, he was acquired, but nevertheless, you know, you know, and uh, double K and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to, starting to feel the, the vibe, starting to feel, starting to believe a little more now. So, yeah. What do you think of the Brendan Sad rumors? <laughs> Those are, that's kind of interesting Um, because, yeah, he seems like the obvious candidate, the the obvious player that the Bergevin should target if you're looking for a team, a cap strap team that's looking to shed salary because they've got younger guys they need to resign. But 
Yeah, Mark Lazarus of The Athletic made a really good point. He was saying that, you know, believe it or not, the you know, Blackhawks management and ownership, they're still kind of in win-now mode, you know, believe it or not. They actually still are. They've been, they've been doing, again, another page from the Bergevin Book of Management, we're not rebuilding, we're transitioning. And that's kind of what the, what the black way the Blackhawks see themselves right now. They're not rebuilding, they're transitioning. Um, and of course they're, they're upset of the Oilers, which I think everybody really enjoyed, unless you were an Oilers fan. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I did it. No knock against the Oilers. No knock against the Oilers. No, no, no. They've been through enough hell over the last 15 years, but I really enjoyed watching the Blackhawks upset them. I really did. I liked I, watching them transition into a hockey team. Yes. Yes. That was very, very good. Um, but, it, but yeah, I mean, cause they got guys like Kubelik, they got to resign. They want, they, they're definitely going to resign Corey Crawford. They have to, they have to resign him. Um, you know, you don't, you don't want to turn around and blow your brains out for agency for a guy who's not going to be all that good, you know, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so they, they definitely want to resign Corey Crawford. They're definitely resigning Kubelik. I mean, come on, you know, Calder trophy finalists. Yeah. They're not letting him go. Dylan Strom, obviously they're going to want to keep him. But Lazarus made a very good point by saying, you know, first of all, they can free up the cap space if they trade or buy out Olimata and Zach Smith. And I think that's the obvious track they're going to go with with those, with those two. Um, they would also like to keep Brandon Sod around for this season. Yeah, he's a year away from his UFA eligibility. He'll probably wind up walking next summer because they won't be able to afford him. But they would like to keep him for this season coming because they honestly think that they can be in playoff contention. If they're out of it by the trade deadline, then yes, absolutely, they'll move him. But they don't need to, to, to move his salary now just to clear cap space when they have other options they can do that isn't going to hurt them as bad. Well, I think I think we've covered pretty much everything. Um, God, is that the time? Holy shit! Yeah, there's yeah, right? <laughs> that went quick, guys. Wow, I did not that, realize. I thought it oh, must be coming up at eight. Oh, Jesus, going on eight thirty. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll give you a, like the show is yours. You plug whatever you want. Uh, tell us where we can find you. Everything. Okay. Well, uh, obviously my website, spectershockey.net. Uh, that's where I do the compilation of uh, the notable the notable headlines and put them in your morning coffee. And uh, I also do uh, keep track of all the interesting trade rumors and offer my analysis and assessments of any notable trades and free agent signings. Uh, you could also find my work at Bleacher Report. Started up with them again two months ago. Um, you can also find my work at, uh, if you happen to subscribe to uh, the PEI Guardian, my hometown paper here, I write for them. Uh, you can also find me at Featured.io. Uh, several of us right there. Adam Puto, former uh, hockey news uh, writer, hockey news alum like myself. Uh, you know, Bob Duff, formerly the Windsor uh, Star, and several others as well. And uh, if you uh, read German, I also uh, write for Ice Hockey magazine as well. Um, and let's see, anybody else? No, I think that's pretty much it for now. Uh, <laughs> check back with me next time. Who knows who I'll be writing for next? But I'll always be writing for Spectres Hockey. Well, uh, Lyle, we love having you here. You're always welcome back. You're actually our our first. You've you've come back onto the show more than anyone else. 
Uh, I don't know if it's because we have dirt on you, but it's working. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk about that that the backhander afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> we'll discuss that and the the whole Mexican incident and everything. Yeah. Well, that never happened. What never happened? No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, listen, guys, it, it was my pleasure. It was great to, uh, like I said, to kind of, uh, yeah, to, to do this on the on the Zoom and uh, yeah, uh, you know, hopefully. Uh, we can do this again, maybe after all the, the trade and free madness is done while we're killing time, waiting for whenever the season starts up again. Um, my money is on, we start up in March. That's what I think. I think we'll hmm. start up in March. 60 games, 60 game schedule and get used to seeing the Stanley Cup awarded in late July, early August. But hey, it won't be in late <laughs> September, early October. I have mid-January. You're bold, sir. You're bold. January. I will give you that. You are bold. I, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with um, Winter Classic. It'll be the first game of the year. Oh boy. Okay. Ooh, that's like first of January, isn't it? Yeah, I'm that's going bold. Nice. I'm going bold. I'm gonna well, say it's the I, former All Star Weekend. That's when they're gonna kick it off. I'm the only one saying March. I'm comfortable yeah. with that. I'm not far <laughs> off. I'm mid to end Feb. Could be. December 1st. That's what Bettman already said. <laughs> and Gary never, Gary never lies. <laughs> his word is his bond. <laughs> That's me channeling Greg Wyshynski's impression. <laughs> he doesn't, it doesn't sound like Bettman at all. It just sounds like, just sounds like an angry Jewish grandmother, but it's fantastic. <laughs> it's not far off. It's not far. We have a trade to announce. I think you're going to like it. <laughs> what, it was too hard to trade earlier? <laughs> what you can't call you can't make trades what's going on <laughs> why are you people? always on the phone trying to make trades i got supper already made <laughs> and call All your right. mother for heaven's sake she made a nice brisket <laughs> <laughs> so uh we'll end we'll end the show here and lyle again thank you so much for coming on we truly Guys, appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Like, honest to God, when things, you know, uh, after the dust settles from the off season, which, like I said, will probably be about December, maybe, uh, depending on, of course, what your, uh, what your guys' schedules are as well, you know, being the active sailors and airmen that you are. Um, but depending on what the schedules are, yeah, let's, uh, let's see. <laughs> I'm at the dive unit. I'm always free. Like... <laughs> 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 yes, um, yeah that's that's true that is true I mean, it's the same thing out west that is true always with the dive unit they don't go anywhere <laughs> but yeah so, absolutely yeah. i'd love to be back on and uh yeah good to talk all things habs and other things nhl wise definitely perfect yes thank you very much my pleasure guys take care yep. thanks a lot Lau. do you have a moose near the caboose that needs to be tamed i'm talking hairy big and need some support thankfully our sponsor today manscaped has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels Baluga. did you hear that that's your moose asking for manscaped manscaped engineering team just perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created the lawnmower 3.0 the Premium Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin-safe technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates. You can get this trimmer inside their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray, both super practical 
and they smell great too. Plus, for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package Kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. The Manscaped Anti-Chafing Cooling Boxer Briefs might be one of my favorite parts of this collection. The Manscaped Boxer Briefs have optimal temperature control with their crop cooling technology while keeping your pride and joy supported. The waistband is also super elastic to reduce chafing and rubbing. Plus, when your girl sees this logo, she knows she's got a real Manscaped man. Pair these boxer briefs with their pH balancing liquid products like the Crop Preserver and you're ready for anything. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. We here at Habs Unfiltered would like to thank you, all of our listeners, old and new, for tuning in. Please, click subscribe so that you never miss an episode of all of our shenanigans. And remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.